Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast where Welsh rugby matters. It was a winless weekend in Europe for the Welsh regions, but no shortage of stuff to talk about, <coughs> including the Dragons sacking Bernard Jackman, Sean Edwards becoming and then instantly not becoming the new Dragons coach. We'll also preview the Welsh derbies with former Wales and Cardiff scrum half Andy Moore, and we'll be naming one player who has advanced their claims and got closer to booking a seat on that plane to Japan. Quick thanks to our sponsors for Get Underway at So Coffee Trades. Uh, you've got some awesome offers running every day in the lead up to Christmas. So head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk to sort out your last minute presents. And as we get closer to Christmas, we thought it's time to bring in someone who's always on the naughty list. It's the Mike Murph, <laughs> the Morgan Wanderer's finest son, making his first <laughs> appearance on here since a very, uh, a very sweary appearance in February. How are we doing, Murph? Very well, thanks. I was just thinking about it. I, I... Was about quite potty mouth that day because I was excited, and then, and then what I thought bailed me out, or at least in my mind it did, was uh, you had the the genuinely mighty, not like me, ironically mighty, genuinely mighty Di Bishop on the following week, and he was yeah. worse, wasn't he? Just so, uh, yeah, coming out of jail, I think it did. Anyway, I don't, I don't know if anyone else agrees. Uh, yeah, well, I, th- I think it did, and at the time, Murph, it was the uh, it was the highest listener figures we'd ever had. Um, yeah, well, when, when Wales win, all the papers sell better as well. Well, that's it. Unfortunately, mm. yeah, unfortunately, Di Bish blew, um, blew it out of the water after that. That's been our most successful one to date. So I if you haven't, if you haven't heard the, uh, the episode with Di Bish, go back and have a listen to that from, uh, mm. from February or March this year. That was, uh, yeah, very exciting, explosive stuff. Um, but on to this week's topical stuff. We've got fact or fiction to start the show. Regular listeners will know the way this works. We have five statements and we debate whether they are true or false. Right. Number one, Murph, we're going to start with the Dragons. Okay, nervous. <laughs> dragons' next appointment will determine the entire future of the region, fact or fiction. Mm. That's a tricky one. I, I, this week I was, I thought it was signed, sealed and delivered that, um, uh, 
Sean Edwards is going to go there for, until um, the end of the season. Well, so did the so, Wales um, online as they were quick to tell, <laughs> yeah. to tell well, I, the Wales. I, I, I had a I had a pint with Griff on mm. Thursday, Griff Reese, and he, he didn't say any. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I did have a few pints with Griff, so maybe he did tell me something, and I didn't. Don't remember <laughs> it. But um, I thought that was a done deal, honestly. I, I so I, I don't even know who they're going to go for now. Um, I mean, yeah, it leaves me on. Uh, um, you, you've been having um, Yesin on uh, lately, and he's yeah. been upbeat, uncharacteristically upbeat. And so I thought I'd come on and have a bit of a moan at some stage about Thanks, the. Chris. The coaching situation in Wales, because we've got um, four regional coaches, mm-hmm. um, all foreign. Well, this um, is true, Murph. Um, yeah. And it's one of those where, you know, when you look at it from a point of view of we want to see Welsh coaches, because, you know, you, you do want to see you do want to see that. Um, well, that was the that idea, was, wasn't it? Yeah, that was exactly. the idea originally. And not only that, is the, 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 what makes it worse to me is that... Um, they're foreign, and three of them are very tenuous in their jobs, really. I mean, uh, John Mulville is unproven yet. It's fairly yeah. early goals. He hasn't gone brilliantly. Uh, same for Alan Clark. Uh, bit of Jackman's just <laughs> so tenuous. He just had the boot last week. Yeah. And the other one's going, leaving. So, well, um, point. And guess who's taking his place? Another well, foreigner. Huey, yeah. Yeah. So, are, I mean, are the coaches I, there, though? That's the, that's the big question. Well, uh, uh, come the changing of the guard now uh, in World Cup cycle, you know, end of World mm. Cup cycle and all that stuff you've got McBride and Howley out to work but they should be one of them or both of them parachuted parachuted into jobs in the regions because otherwise what like they were supposed to be be supposed to be being brought on by um Warren Gatland for all these years and um you know one or other of them should end up the dragons and you know I don't know what other jobs might come come around at the time but that is kind of the development that is the development of our coaches in this country that is the way they're doing it so well, it's, no, it's a really, it's a really good point. The, the thing I would say to bring it back to the, to the dragons is mm. we're at a stage now where I, I actually think this is fact. I think if they don't get this one right, it could be, it could spell the end for the dragons. And, well, and, and then a region in North Wales. I or? think it could be. And, you know, mm. I, I, I've, I'm not basing this on anything other than, you know, my own kind of gut instinct. Um, yeah. but you just feel that they've got to either chuck everything at it. And go, okay, look, you know, the, the region's owned by the union, so it does have a bit more financial clout than it has done in the past. Mm. Uh, you know, they seem to, they seem to be determined to make it work and, and Buttress says all, you know, all the right things. I just mm. think that this is the one they've got to get right. We can't get into another 18 month cycle where they bring in a coach. You know, we give them a bit of, uh, leeway yeah. to start with. Well, I mean, opportunity to redo the squad. I think, you know, that'll, that'll be the end of it. Yeah, it could be well be, but uh, I think then, Although they are awful, I don't think they're actually, the, the, for me, the mistake they've made this year and what, what's cost Jackman his job and the, the, their form in the league and everything else is because they haven't got a 10. Mm. They've, they brought in names like Moriarty and Hibbard and yeah. whoever else uh, and they, they didn't try to send it. They, they went into the season with Henson and a teenager. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, 10s are not lying around on the ground waiting to be signed, but it was some, someone somewhere has made a, in recruitment or whoever has made a massive oversight there because I mean um, if if this was if this was a island where the, the kind of um, uh, central contract and everything yeah. they'd be parachuting a young outside half into Newport yeah they you know would. Jared Evans or someone would be getting sent over there or Dan, Dan Jones or someone would be getting sent over because they're, they're absolutely rudderless when when they do get on the rare occasion when they do get over the game line and quick ball and what have you. 
<clears throat> there's no organisation behind this. It's just be a, a prop or someone stood it outside half. I, you know? I, I agree with that. And it's, it's agony to watch them sometimes. <clears throat> oh, well, most of the time it is. <laughs> I, I agree to a certain extent, but I would also say if you go back 12 months, if we were having this conversation 12 months ago and we are saying mm. Dragons need a 10, Dragons need a 10, they can't rely on 34-year-old Gavin Henson. Yeah. And... And I'd have said, well, what about this lad at Bath who's the understudy to Reese Priestland? He's played a few games in Europe. He looks decent. What about if we bring in Josh Lewis? How, how would that sound? And at the yeah. time, based on what I'd seen at that point, I would have said, yeah, not a bad, not a bad signing. He's, yeah. you know, he's turned up and he's had a, he's had a pretty poor time of it in, um, in a dragon shirt. I think he played, I think he played yesterday and I, I'm, cause the game wasn't televised. I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah. but. You know, it, I think there is a bit more to it than that. I still don't think the front five is is powerful enough. Um, yeah. I think you know, but you could say that about most most of the regions. You could, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I just think uh, an old head of ten, not, like I say, not they're not easy to find. But they, there's no general at all. Mm. You know, I don't think. I'm Roger Williams. I don't know what type I've, of. I've been really disappointed with Roger Williams. Actually, I, I always liked him. But, I did. Um, yeah. I think he needed a senior partner as halfback, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I do. But again, I was kind of hoping he would have a bit more impetus. Um, and I don't know whether it's just a, you know, whether it's orders. As you know, as you, anyone who listens to this podcast will know, I have a general detest of the box kick. And <laughs> you are, unless you're Connor Murray, I just yeah. think it's, you know, yeah. um, or I have to say, I have to say the, Sar- the Sarri's nine kick very well, box kicking. Mm. Um, oh, Wigglesworth is always very good at it. Wigglesworth's good at it. It doesn't mean I've got to win. It doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean we've got to admire it though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's no. just, you know, it's, um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see a bit more of the aforementioned die bish kind of, uh, uh, flair and, uh, mm. you know, a bit more uh, elaborate threat at, at nine. But yeah, I, I think that's, that's part of it. But I do think that this coaching appointment, these are all things that have to be solved and it's, it's more than just a head coach. I think it's a head coach slash director of rugby who is, who's going to come in, have a, you know, have a real strong say over recruitment and yeah. model the region in their own style. And that's why I think out of the candidates who've been mentioned, um, uh, I don't even Ruddock know. would be. Oh, is, are, they, are they the ones that have been mentioned? Well, again, they've been mentioned, but this was, mm. you know, again, I think you have to take it all with a pinch of salt because they're, yeah. they're just, you know, it's just speculation. Especially in Reddock's case, he gets, he gets mentioned whenever there's a job available in Wales. He does. And, you know, whether or not he'd want to come back, I think he's, he's done such a good job in Ireland. Mm. You know, obviously his, uh, you know, his son plays for Ireland. He's, he's yeah. been over there for a number of years. You wonder whether he'd be in any way mm. interested in, in coming back mm. to Wales after what happened. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be quite happy with either of those, um, either of those appointments. Um, mm. Jason Strange is the other one who's been kind of linked and, you know, he's, he's not long been in a job at, at Cardiff Blues. And, no. you know, I, I suppose he's, he's done a very good job at Wales under twenties. Yeah. I don't know that he's got the, yeah, I think if you're going to do this properly, I think it needs to be someone who's, who's had senior jobs like Malander and Ruddock has. I would say it's, it's kind of, yeah, the you've got to go for exactly. You don't want to, you don't want a novice in the big jobs that they, I mean, uh, he, he, I don't know how well it's going in his first major job at the Blues yeah. yet. It's very early days to tell, you know, I'm, exactly. uh, uh, so, so to suddenly be <laughs> thrown into the deep end at, a struggling club mm. you're taking over a, a side that was doing okay <clears throat> that's one thing but to try and rescue something like that on your first job uh, I, I wouldn't I mean it wouldn't be my idea of a good appointment no I agree me me neither um, mm. so yeah you know I, I think he's I think he is a by all accounts a very very good coach but I just think it's one where there's so many different things to sort out on the pitch and um, 
you know, like you say, every, everything from recruitment to adding some proper structure, you know, there's no yeah. defense coach there at the moment. So, no. you know, that would have been, that would have been the bet, the better idea for Sean Edwards is to stop doing the part-time thing with the Ospreys and doing the part-time thing with the Dragons. And then, you know, cause I mean, even, even say, say if he did take the Dragons job, he's on a hiding to nothing because mm. he, he's finishing by, uh, by June or well, yeah. whatever it is, May, June. So you can only get so much out of him in that length of time. And I suppose in that regard, it, 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 it's better for him because it can't tarnish his reputation before he goes to Wigan. Yeah. No, I, he, I, you know, he hasn't had enough time to put his, his uh, mark on it kind of thing. But, um, yeah. But I think, you know, he would, he would definitely tie, you know, he's, he's, in my opinion, he's still the best defensive coach in the world. And, mm. um, and, you know, if he can't come in and sort it out, you know, at least add some element of, of basic defensive skills, yeah, then, yeah, then no one's going to be able to do it. No, exactly. But, but I mean, uh, the problems are obviously so much more than just the defence, although it's not great. Uh, one of the reasons why they defend so much and so poorly is because they give them the ball away all the time. It's true. There's it's no, true. Attractive stru- uh, no attacking structure there at all. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, there's no one, there's no one solution for the Dragons at the moment. No, I would agree with that. Mm. Um, and kind of sticking with the recruitment uh, topic, let's move on to point number two, and that's this. Scarlet's recruitment has let them down this season, fact or fiction? Well, this is a tricky one. I, I, I've been on Twitter with you saying that um, the, the recruitment and change of players is no excuse for some of their tackling. At Good the point. That's, you know, and, and the, the defence coach hasn't changed, so the system is still the same. I mean, you, you, if if you lose Tyke Byrne, then you're going to lo- be getting less turnovers because mm-hmm. he's a genius at it. And um, uh, Donny Barkley's a really canny operator, and, uh, and I always think his leadership is what they're missing yeah. uh, more than anything else. But um, I don't know. I, I still think if more of the... Like, I, I think they really miss Aaron Shingler. Mm-hmm. And if more of the... Important players like Jake Ball were more fit more often. I don't know if they'd be that far off where they were last year. And, and, and I think you mentioned last week, <laughs> but for a straight kick, a, a, a very rare straight kick by Lee Halfpenny, mm. they won their first Heineken Cup game. Yeah, and it could all have been very different. I, I think as well, Pivak getting the, the Wales nod, it, it, as mm. much as you say it's not a distraction, it must be, I think, to a certain oh, yeah. degree. And, mm. you know, the players knowing that he won't be there. I'm not saying that he's... I don't, you know, I don't think he's lost the dressing room or anything like that. I just no. think it, it is, you know, it must be, there must be an element of distraction knowing that, yeah. um, knowing that you're, you're heading out. And then like you say, a couple of, you know, a couple of those games don't go your way. So if they yeah, win that I, game against Racing, I think they go to Leicester with a lot more confidence. And again, it's not a game, mm. they weren't blown away by Leicester. I just think there were no. some silly errors in there and yeah. they've been slipping backwards since then. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you lose Johnny Barkley and then suddenly your two best flankers are injured at the same time. James Davis has only just come back and mm-hmm. Shingler's been out all season. Uh, I thought Reese Patchell looked amazing in his first game of the season this year. And then he had a H, uh, head injury. Yeah. And, uh, didn't really come back until, well, this month properly. Um, and, you know, things like, I know it's excuses, but things like that will kind of silt your progress, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And, um, I mean, they are, they, those figures, they are important that, you know, Jake Ball is the, the biggest sucker in the, in the club, excuse my French, the biggest guy in the club. So he's your, you know, he's your heaviest scrummager. He's your heaviest carrier. I, I personally, I'd have him in the Welsh team as well, Jake Ball. Um, 
and Aaron Shingler is just such a canny, I mean, line out operator, and then yeah. pace around the pitch and everything else. So it just, it, 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 I think the, the, the absence of those has made the loss of two great players, uh, make look bigger. even worse than it would have. I think it would have been, I mean, obviously, you know, they, we were all excited about, um, Clayton Blomagee signing. Oh, yeah, he's, that doesn't, that doesn't come off, does it? Scene. Yeah, well, and yeah. I would, I would say, um, Uzair Kazim has looked decidedly average so far. Um, yeah. And, and also, and, and also injured a bit too. So. Yeah, and I don't know whether he's just out of form. He had a silly mm. suspension early on as well. But, mm. you know, he's, he's certainly not started in the way that he, he would have wanted. Um, no. So, yeah, I, I do think, you know, I do think there is an element of the, the recruitment which has been so, so good for, um, yeah. for, for many years. You know, in fact, you go right the way back to Jake Ball, kind of pluck him, play, you know, mm. virtually an unknown player out of, That's right. yeah. out of thin air. Where, I can't even the Eng- was. <laughs> plucking an unknown player out of the England cricket team and putting him straight into the <laughs> second row. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, and obviously, you know, he's, he's gone on to be a, a comfortably international class player. Yeah. Uh, he's a few and far between. So I, I think he's underrated, honestly. I, mm. I, I think he's such a heavy carrier that it takes serious effort. He doesn't probably make as many yards as other players when he's playing for Wales, but he's such a, heavy presence that it, it just takes stopping all the time and I think he wears wears opposition defences down myself do you think they need that's they need another another couple of those you know do you think because they, <laughs> well, they yeah. spent a lot of time at eight you know with, with Barkley playing at eight last season and he's not mm. you know he's he's certainly by no means a bad ball carrier but he's not a big no. bullock in not at all Poland no. type player is he you know he's yeah. a, do you think that's no. what they need they want an eight who can come in and, uh, and make a load of carries well, they, Thompson's been injured as well actually yeah, and he looked amazing. Yeah, he looked amazing early season too. Um, but, well, yeah, but they do actually look on, um, Friday's game and other matches recently. They do look short of ball, car- ball carriers. They don't mm. have to be getting over the game line. But it's strange because, uh, like you say, last year they had, uh, Johnny Barkley playing eight and he's not going to smash anyone off their feet. Mm. But they seem to be breaking lines all the time. So I just think if they get it, not everyone, I mean, no sides ever get everyone fit these days, but if they get, all the major players in and about the team and playing uh, uh, consistently for a few weeks, I think things will turn around quite quickly and they could easily be pushing to be the second best team in the league after Leinster. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is I, I still, you know, they've they've certainly not started the way they would have wanted to, but there's been a lot of churn in that squad. They've had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. The Pivac thing, I think, will have had some impact. But then I yeah. also think, you know, I also think that they've they've overachieved for for the last two seasons, undoubtedly. Oh, ma- ma- yeah, I, yeah. You have to. I mean, you, obviously, we watch the game. We get carried away. We want them to win, but mm. you, always you have to consider what they're doing with on, on their budget, and that, and obviously that goes for all of our teams. With all all four regions, it probably um, we're obviously way behind the English clubs and the Irish clubs, and. Um, so, Finletti probably should have had, <laughs> maybe based on the budgets, we should have like a five point start in every game. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's the, that's the sad thing, isn't it? But I, I think mm. it does, it does show that, you know, you should still be looking at the Scarlets and saying, right, what, when they've done it right, that, that has to be the blueprint. You have to recruit. Oh, for sure. In a very mm. canny way. You have mm. to bring through youngsters from all around your catchment area. And that's the yeah. thing that I've been, you know, I've been impressed with. And we've said this numerous times, the McLeods, the Boyds, these kind of players who step up and, and do a job, you know, do a really mm. good job in big games. I, I, I think uh, Will Boyd's a brilliant player. Oh, he's a cracking player. One, yeah. one, one of, one of, one of, either Boyd or McLeod, one of them is only about 20. Am I right in saying that? 
Well, if you carry on talking, Murph, I'll very surreptitiously have a little <laughs> look on, uh, well, on it, it, which, Whichever one is 20 should seriously be being watched by the, international, uh, the national selectors because um, they've, made, they've set up, uh, stepped up in the absence of Aaron Shingler and James Davis and had some amazing performances in the, well, the league and the, uh, and he said Heineken. Well, that's fine. We can call it Heineken. Josh yeah. McLeod is 22. Yeah. Oh, he's 22. Is he? Josh McLeod is 22 and, uh, and Boyd is, is 24. Um, oh, that's odd. Okay. Yeah. He's actually born in Monte Carlo, Josh McLeod as well. There you go. There's, there's a little, uh, interesting, interesting or not interesting tidbit for you. Um, yeah. so yeah, look, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, there's no doubt they'll be disappointed with how things have gone. And, and I think, mm. I think the recruitment has been, hasn't been, you know, as as strong as it has been in previous no. years, but that's testament to how good it has been. So, yeah, yeah. I, I still I think mean, the best nick the, the, in the four regions. Yeah, for sure, with what they got to come fit again as well. I mean, all the regions have to box clever, obviously, uh, box clever in the transfer market. I mean, I think even Steve Tandy, uh, the Ospreys is getting it right for a while. Mm. Um, like people like Josh Matavesi, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as the kind of Europe and European area or other sides in Britain realise what you've got. Obviously, he's, he's gone to a. I think he, uh, Matavesi just doubled his wages to go to Newcastle, and yeah. Newcastle are not even a big club. No, you know, exactly. Just doubled his wages, and that, that's what you know. You get people on Twitter having a dig at the regions and the state of it, and that, that's what they're all up against. Is just uh, a ridiculous financial burden all the time. So, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I suppose the. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a counter argument to that because even if you're bringing, <laughs> even if you're bringing through great great young talent, you, you're mm. always going to need experienced um, experienced uh, non world yeah. qualified players alongside them. You know, you always are when yeah. when the regions have been at their best. Well, if any, yeah, you if know, anything, you get punished. A rush or there was a, mm. you know, those those kind of really experienced figures. Yeah, you think Russian Blair at the at the Blues. You know, you, you think of the kind of mm. like the Regan Kings. And the Burns and, and the, the Barclays, those kind of players have made a massive difference. Mm. And the thing is, when you bring through great vast talent, you immediately lose it for four weeks every autumn, yeah. six weeks every March. So then you've got to go back to the uh, overseas signings again. So, All right. Well, let's have a look at someone who almost falls into both those brackets, and that's Gareth Anscombe. Um, Gareth Anscombe will finish the year as favourite to be Wales's outside half at the Rugby World Cup. Fact or fiction? Um, well, uh, I would say fact is that I think he is now. Mm. Um, uh, he had a, you could say he almost outplayed Owen Farrell yesterday with his kicking game. Um, the difference was his Farrell was behind Saracen's pack and Anscombe yeah. was behind Cardiff's pack. Otherwise, there's nothing to choose there, really. Um, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm going to be That's just a straight up fact, I think. What about, uh, you know, do you, are we in danger of kind of overlooking bigger here a bit because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind? But you, you watch, um, you watch a lot of Premiership rugby, Murph, mm. you know, kind of what have you made of bigger this season? Uh, he, well, like every player, you move, uh, especially with, with the big signing, big wages on and everything else. There's a lot of pressure and there's also bedding in. I've, because, um, uh, I've got two mates now working at the Blues. So my, my mate Griff is the academy manager. My mate was already there as defence coach. So I've been down a few times <clears throat> and um, ended up in the company of 
half cut and chopped it in a sh- shooting my mouth off in the company of uh, Richie Reese and uh, Reese yeah. Thomas. And I was speaking to Richie, Richie Reese about making signings, and he said there was a study or some kind of uh, evidence that making a m- massive move like uh, Dan Bigger's done or, say, like uh, Finn Russell's done, mm. th- that there's evidence to suggest players like that don't get back to their best that they were at at the previous club for 24 months. Really? Because, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think 24 months might have been a bit over the top. Maybe 18 would be more realistic for me, but it, it, it takes, because the relationships that you've built up, so with Dan Bigger and Reese Webb, yeah. Dan Bigger and Josh Matavedi or whoever else, the relationships you build up are instinctive and they take time to mature and, and to, you know, to, to build again with a new, with a new player. And so, the, um, yeah, I'll ask, if I meet him again, I'll ask him again whether, who did the study because he, he says to be back to the absolute best in a new scenario can take up to 24 months. So, particularly in that position as well, where you've got oh, yeah. so much spotlight and you, you know, you've just got so much ball, haven't you? It's not like, it's not like you, you, you're, I don't know, maybe you're, you're playing in, in the pack and you're just having a bit more of a quiet game. Right. And there's kind of, there's no escaping it, is there? If you, if no, he's expected, you, uh, yeah, he's expected to run the show. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, it's not like, um, coming, coming in as a, uh, hooker or something. You're you expected yeah. to, you're expected to hit the jumpers, you know, um, he, he's, I mean, Northampton, it's slightly different for um, Dan Bigger to, I guess, from um, Finn Russell in that um, Northampton are a club in flux, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. They haven't really been their best since getting mugged by <laughs> Leinster in the final about yeah, yeah. six or seven years ago. Whereas, um, I think, well, based on this season's form, Racing 92 uh, settled side and they're going yeah. really well, I think. Um, so, it might take a full season before we even see I mean you know uh, it doesn't matter how good and big it is he can't he can't drag the whole club up on his own uh, not overnight anyway so um, yeah no I, I, I agree about um, Dan Bigger he's, he hasn't suddenly become average at all no but, um, he's, I, I've liked his cameos you know he's come off the bench mm-hmm. and has, and has has won Wales big games and you just think actually I think that could be that could be a massive role for him you know um, oh, he won't he won't be happy with it I'm sure but no. you know that when he comes onto the pitch and you need someone to make good decisions in the last 10 minutes of a of a big game to win them mm. uh, there's mm. not many there's not many players that I would trust you know that I would want to put in that position more uh, I'd have him every time mm. uh, and I mean let's not forget of course uh, this is Wales so yeah whoever is uh, first choice come uh, the day before, the, the month before the World Cup, probably at least three of them will get injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what happened in 2015. So, uh, I mean, it, we're, we're really blessed. Whoever you pick as first choice is not guaranteed to be there come the time. And the main thing is we're really blessed to have, I think, three, I can't remember us having three, well, probably there was a time, but three better, uh, tens in the squad. Certainly not, probably not in the professional year anyway. No, I think you're, I think you're right, and it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how it see how it plays out, you know, because again, mm. I think uh, there's still a lot of rugby to be played between now and then. There's injuries, and we exactly. you know, and we yeah. still got the Six Nations, so there's a lot to go. But he certainly is finishing the year strongly, so I think uh, mm. yeah, he'll uh, he'll be pleased with uh, with how he's gone. Right, still to come, we've got our brand new feature on the plane, which will be coming up in the second half. We've also got our chats with Wales and well, former Wales and, Scru- and Cardiff scrum half Andy Moore as we look ahead to the derbies. And uh, yeah, we've still got two to go on fact or fiction. So all of that is coming up after this very short break.
Right, Murph, two to go on fact or fiction. And we're going to talk about the Ospreys now. Um, Mm -hmm. Ospreys will rue the missed opportunity to pick up a losing bonus point against Stad. Fact or fiction. So, again, they missed a penalty late on in that game, which would have given them the losing bonus point. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What what do you think about this one? Is Is it important? Do they care? Do they not care? Should they have got it? Um, well, they, they didn't go, they didn't go over there fully loaded, did they? Or even anything like fully loaded. So there must have been some kind of calculation that they could afford to come away with not much and still win their home games and be okay. Um, so they're only a point, uh, they're a point behind Worcester and they need to play them at home as well. So, you know, you would imagine they'll, they'll still be in, uh, they'll still be in good nick. I'm just not sure how, how much, it feels a bit like it's a, a Europa League style thing for uh, for Alan yeah. Clark. You know, it's almost like it's it's more of a it's more of a curse than a blessing because mm. I, I think he recognises that there there are there are limitations to the squad. I don't think it's as strong as he'd like it to be, and no. uh, you know, and he's he's definitely has has been happy to sacrifice certain games. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is last week. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They they won with the bonus point at home mm. to stand, didn't they? They did. And, uh, that that was uh, that was possibly part of his thinking this week. Um, yeah, we got four points in a bonus up to the side, and we can probably even if we get nothing next week, we can probably still go through. And then he's in the, at the same time he's freshened everyone up for the derby. So um, I, I think I mean, that's his. I think that's his big thinking. Is um mm-hmm. he's ahead of the derbies, and yeah. they you know I think they were prepared to go to to go to Paris and come away with nothing. Um, mm. Stad, it has to be said, put out a much stronger side this week, I believe. And, you know, obviously yeah. that, that will, that will have an impact. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think those, those derbies are absolutely massive and particularly the West Wales derby first up, mm. you know, we'll, we'll look ahead to that in a bit more detail, um, a bit later on, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be fancying their chances and having players, you know, be the ability to freshen players up a bit after a long autumn. It's probably yeah. no bad thing for them. No, uh, I mean, it's, it's, well, Stad obviously didn't send full strength over here. Mm. You know what I mean? And, then, and so it's, it, it, I think that's just, uh, in some regards, just part and parcel of the Europa, yeah. as it were. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, I think you're probably right. There's probably not a great deal uh, more to add to, to mm. that one. Let's, um, let's talk about this one. This is the last one for fact or fiction this week. The thought of becoming All Blacks coach will spur Warren Gatland on even more at Rugby World Cup next year. Fact or fiction? Is that is that the is that what's on the uh, horizon? Cause well, I, it seems yeah, it seems that he is uh, he is in the frame. Um, well, I mean, after Joe Schmidt has announced he's retiring, which surprised me, then I yeah. suppose there's, there's not many candidates around outside of Warren as well. So he's got to be in the frame. But you, you and yourself and Dan were talking about. The England uh, team coming well, again, for yeah, Gatland. This, this is it, and I, you know, I would if you were if you were on the RFU panel, um, mm. you'd you'd be hard pushed to ignore him because the the thing <coughs> England have the thing England have got wrong historically, um, particularly in the last two uh, World Cups, is has been selection. You know, mm. the whole time, yeah, you know, Lancaster has gone on and proven at, um, at Leinster that he's an excellent coach. Mm. Owen Farrell has gone on and proved. Uh, sorry, Andy Farrell has proved. Uh, I'm catching mm. your uh, <laughs> your point. I'm actually going. Uh, apart from one swear word, I haven't got much wrong today. I'm no, quite no, impressed yeah. myself. I was going to say, mate, that bump that bump you had on the head uh, yeah. on the back yeah. of your car earlier must have done you the power of good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you know, Andy Farrell has obviously gone and done a good job there as well. 
the the problem that, that England had was was not knowing who their best fifteen was. You know, even the day before the game against Wales, you know, you had uh, mm. what's his name, well, Stan Burgess, parachuted into the. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I just think the, there was pressure on them to play him because they'd spent so much money on him. Mm. I, I, I think, think it's as simple as that. And, and know, he was a fish out of water, as far as I'm concerned. Well, he, he was, and you know what limited rugby he had played at, um, at Union, he played at six for Bath. You <laughs> yeah. know, to then come in and play, you know, to play twelve is. Well, it's know, hard not to laugh, laugh, isn't it? Because they 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 came into the most important game of their, you know, since four years previous, I guess, since the last World Cup, with up against Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams. Yeah. With uh, Sam, uh, Sam Burgess, who's basically a God knows a blindside flanker at inside yeah. centre, and Carter's uh, Brad Barrett at that centre. Yeah, I have to <laughs> and, say, you know, for a little wonder, he's good for Saris though, doesn't he? He always looks good for Saris. Brad yeah, Barrett. but not, he never plays outside centre for Saris. No, no, no. Because no, he's no. not an outside centre, which is why it was funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they just got it so wrong. Yeah, and 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 I and all I can. I, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but all I can think of is that they just couldn't bear to leave out Sam Burgess when it was just a square peg. I think at some point we'll, we'll understand exactly what happened there. Um, mm. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think the amount of money they'd spent on him, they felt like they had to play him. Um, yeah. yeah, think about we, we it. Jonathan to... Davis was injured, wasn't he, actually, thinking about it. I can't remember who partnered. Oh, was it? Oh, was he Roberts, Robertson? Um, of course, yeah, he didn't Robertson and, and, uh, Yeah, Robertson, Scott Williams, wasn't it? Of course he was, um, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless experienced sense of partnerships and and they went for yeah a blindside flanker and a um, uh, and, and a workhorse uh, yeah and a workhorse who plays like a flanker for yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of stuff you don't you know you wouldn't get under Warren Gatland I don't think you know I, I can't no. imagine anyone's telling Gatland what side to what side to pick he gets his selections yeah. right more often than not you know anyone who's who's got the balls to to drop Brian O'Driscoll in his fight, you know, in what would have been his farewell Lions test, without wanting to rehash all of that all over again, um, mm. you know, I think that's the that's the kind of the big game mentality he knows, his selection he gets right, and so look, I think I think both England and New Zealand will be will be very interested in him, and yeah, you know, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you could see uh, England going for other selections. I, I personally, I I would go for Rob Baxter if I was English. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I honestly don't know what. New Zealand have got in their locker in terms of coaches. I mean, there's Robertson, I guess, mm. and, but I don't know who the biggest candidate is for New Zealand outside. Well, it was Joe Smith, obviously. Yeah. Outside of Gatland, I don't know who else they'd be looking at myself. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they'll both. I think both of those unions will be very interested in him, and I'd, I'd much mm. rather he ends up uh, back in New Zealand. And you know, that would, that would <laughs> yeah. be his first choice as well. That's the job he will always have wanted. Um, yeah. Alongside the fact that he gets to, you know, he get to move back home and exactly you know, who wouldn't yeah. want, who wouldn't want to coach? Him it, would, it would have to be uh, uh, an offer he couldn't refuse, kind of effort, I think, from the RFU. Yeah. So, All right. Just um, just to finish on that one, though, Murph, will it have an impact on how he? How of course. He was, was that the original question? Jeff? It was, but we've we've danced <laughs> around the houses and. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think so. I think he would probably go in the same. Attitude. I mean, he could be just as motivated by the fact that this is the last ever game for Wales. Haven't been here for a very long time. Yeah. You know, not just the promise of his next job necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And look, I think he's going to want to go out. He's going to want to go out with a bang, anyway, isn't he? His, mm-hmm. his record yeah. of World Cups has been really, really strong, and mm-hmm. Wales are starting to. You know, they, they've definitely had more, have more strength in depth than they've ever had going into going into mm-hmm. a World Cup year. 
well ever really and yeah. so I think the opportunity there is I think he'll be excited about what they can do with this squad and as, as we mentioned in our um in our bonus pod last week it's uh it's it is really a wide open world cup you know certainly mm. more wide open than the last two have been so yeah you know, I, I think I, I'm not sure he necessarily needs any extra motivation, but it's a uh, it's, it's a nice it's a nice thing to have there as a carrot. And look, if Wales mm. end up playing better off the back of it, then I'm all happy. Happy days. Happy days. All right, time to look ahead to the derbies now. We've got mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, we've got uh, some interesting games coming up over the festive period. We're going to be previewing uh, Ospreys versus Scarlets in a minute. But first up, earlier on, I caught up with Andy Moore, former Cardiff, Richmond and Wales scrum half. And here's what he had to say about Cardiff Blues versus the Dragons. So with some fascinating derbies ahead, we're going to start by previewing the Cardiff Blues at home to the Dragons. And joining me to do that is former Cardiff and Wales scrum half, Andy Moore. Andy, how are you? Very good. Very good indeed. Great to uh, great to have you on the uh, on the attacking scrum podcast, and we'll start uh, we'll start with the Cardiff Blues. So, despite being on the receiving end of two defeats to Saracens in the last couple of weeks, given a pretty good account of themselves, how much do you think that will build their confidence going into the derby against the Dragons? Well, I think it, it'll give them a great deal of confidence. Um, two very good performances, two very similar performances. Um, leaked early tries, very mm-hmm. early tries in both games put themselves back in a position to be in the game, go in at half-time, leading. And then second half, you, you realise that at the, at the top level of European competition, when you're playing one of the best sides, any mistake is punished. And I think that, that was, the, to me, that was the big difference yesterday, certainly. Um, Saracens just knew when to turn the screw. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think there's a little bit of consternation this morning about one or two of uh, Monsieur Garcia's decisions. Uh, a couple of the scrum penalties, I mm. would, um, <laughs> I wouldn't like to hazard a guess what goes on in there. So uh, let that one go. But there, there was one, I think, certainly the Maitland incident where he, yeah. he uh, challenged in the air. I, and it's one of those in in rugby today where you can understand both sides. Did he put his arm up to go for the ball? Was he? Did he know that he was never going to get there? But it was uh, referee was adamant immediately that it was just a penalty. So I think um, I think there was a little, there's one or two little complaints about that. But I I think overall the best team won. Yeah, no, I think I'd, I'd agree with that as well. But it, uh, you're right about some of those decisions, and I think it it kind of almost feels a little bit like Man United in the 90s, doesn't it? Like the kind of the better the team, they the get more the, they get the call get the results. Um, and you know, obviously Sarri's a are in that same bracket. Um, I guess the weather played a big part in the uh, the way that that game was played as well, led to a large amount, you know, large amount of kicking at certain points, uh, particularly in the first half. Do you expect uh, the Blues to go back to a bit more of a running style against the Dragons? Uh, you'd, you'd hope so. I think, again, the pressure that the Blues were put under against Saracens sort of dictated that they kicked. But I have to say, I think that game on game, Gareth Anscombe is um, becoming a better and better outside half. I have to say, I... I, I I think his favourite position for myself is when he plays a fullback. Mm. I, I, I like him as an attacking fullback, but I think the, like, the last few games he just quietly gets on with it at ten, and he's got the ability to to just pull something out of the bag. And there was one fantastic touch, a little deft dink over the top, which created the try eventually for Dan Fish. Yeah, off his weaker foot as well. <laughs> yeah, right. but I, I, I think he'd argue he's an international outside half. Yeah. And, um, you shouldn't have a weaker foot. But he's no, I, I, I thought it was a lovely touch, and I do, 
He is. At 10, for me, he's, he's getting better and better. But I think, going back to the Dragons game and a derby, there'll, there'll be... Um, oh, there, there is a lot at stake, regardless of points or positions. Or mm. It's a local derby. It's uh, it's the Blues against the Dragons. It's the, the festive period. But uh, for 80 minutes, there'll be no love lost. And it's exactly how it should be. Yeah, I uh, yeah, 100% agree with that. And I think, actually, what was quite refreshing this weekend was to see packed out Cardiff Arms Park, which, you know, is not the first time this season as well. And, you know, we, we're, we're quick in Wales to, to put a lot of stick on, on sides for when there are poor attendances. So, you know, for a, for a game, yes, of course, it's Saracens. But, you know, to have, uh, to have the Arms Park packed out two weeks in a row, it's encouraging and, um, and yeah, can only be a good thing. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and people vote with their feet. And if a product's right that they want to go and watch on a, on a Saturday afternoon, and they they will come down. They're they're a diehard bunch of supporters, but they they've also attracted in the last couple of weeks a, a couple of floaters as well that have gone down and thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's a good atmosphere. Um, and there is nothing better. I, I would say this slightly biased, but there is nothing better than a than a full arms park and to be able to play in that is is a fantastic experience. And again, the Dragons will bring a pile of supporters, and uh, it'll be a good day. Uh, full-blooded encounter it will and uh, yeah just to finish on i guess the to finish on the cardiff side of things before we talk about the dragons some injury concerns in the in the backs uh, in recent weeks uh, you know quite a few players kind of playing in unfamiliar positions but in the pack they've seen the likes of navidi uh, nick williams sam and Manoa all come back into the side is that an area you think the blues will fancy taking the dragons on up front Absolutely. And I think you look at that, uh, that back row, it is very, very good. And then you, you look at the other players that, that they've got. Ollie Robinson is, a, is another player who, mm. who would, would grace any back row at the moment. Uh, the form that he's in, he's such a, he's a, he's a typical open side. He's such a nuisance. He gets in the way. His work on the floor at the breakdown is fantastic. So he'd be pushing for a place as well. But it is, it was lovely to see Navidi back. On the on the pitch as a player who again over the last few years has grown in stature and uh, thoroughly deserved his international call up and merited uh, merited selection and and played he he took his regional form into the international scene which is sometimes quite a tough thing to do but he he proved a lot of people wrong I think when he was uh, selected and went out and played for Wales I'm I'm certainly one of them actually and I just get you know I've got more and more admiration for Josh Navid every time I watch him play I was in that opinion that. He was perhaps a very good club player, but maybe wasn't big enough to play uh, to play in the um, in the back row for for Wales at the international level. But yeah, he just every every time he seems to take to the field, he um, you know he, he proves more people wrong. Yeah, doesn't doesn't one of those players just doesn't seem to have a bad game? Mm. Just just gets out, does it? And no, I, I I was very pleased for him to to get his international call up and uh, say he did exceptionally well when he put that red jersey on. Now, further on, Danny M4, in, uh, in <laughs> South East Wales, it's been a tumultuous week for the Dragons, obviously parting company with Bernard Jackman, uh, being linked with Sean Edwards, then it not happening again. Uh, how difficult do you think it'll be for, for Kerry Jones to keep, keep his team focused this week, or does the, uh, I guess, does, does the instinct just take over and you realise it's a derby game and, and that's where the focus has got to be? Yeah, I, I, I think in some respects, the, it, it could be an easy week, mm. given what happened last week. But, I mean, they, they had a sterling performance against mm. uh, Claremont. 24 points on the on the scoreboard away from home. Not an easy place to go by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, and, and they can put a decent team out on the pitch. I really do like their captain, Corey Hill. Mm. I think he's a fantastic player. Again, another one of those. Same bracket, have, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And then suddenly seems to grow in stature when, when you put him on the, uh, on the pitch for Wales. I, I actually thought, certainly in the, the game against Salaka, he was very unlucky not to start. Mm. He's, he, he does make an impact when he comes off the bench. But he's someone who I think is, is very good. Obviously, you've got the likes of Moriarty. Um, and a couple of lads behind, like your Jack Dixon and Tyler Morgan playing, they, they can all play a little bit. So in terms of what will happen there this week, looking forward to a derby game, no need for an awful lot of talking. You, you will get up for this game. If anything, probably the pressure is on the Blues. They're at home. Mm. They've come off the back of a couple of good performances, albeit losses to Saracens. They'll be expected to win this game. The Dragons perennially will be written off. They will go to the arms park thinking, well, hey, pressure's on the hosts. We just turn up and play. And it might be a week that they uh, they can enjoy. One of the plus points for the Dragons this season has been the, uh, and, and last season for that matter, has been the emergence of uh, Aaron Wainwright. How much have, uh, have you seen of him this season? And um, again, how, how much has he impressed you? Uh, very much. I haven't seen an awful, a great deal of him, but he got on the scoreboard again and, and another another back rower mm. that... Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a pool of players now playing in Wales that uh, seem to have, well, I'm not, not quite sure where they've come from, but we've, uh, we, we've got a good crop of, of open sites. And you, you sort of add that in with the experience then of the, the, the Moriarty's. Mm. And they, they form a good background. And again, with, with Corey Hill playing in the back row yesterday against Claremont, makes a, makes a good unit. And it, it'll certainly be a good challenge for the Blues. It'll be a good battle. With the, uh, I think as long as the rain can hold off, I can't imagine we can have much more at the moment. But on on that pitch, if you if you uh, if it's not too greasy, you could have a good open game. And and what you have are two back rows with footballers in it. It's not just the the blood and guts bash it up the middle mm-hmm. stuff. They can all play a little bit and keep it uh, a more open affair. And it's approaching four years since the Dragons won a league game away from home. Um... Is there anything to suggest that they can they can overcome it this time, mate? Pride, mm. Lo- local derby, nothing to lose. They'll turn up and think, yep, yeah, we'll have a good crack at this. Chance of uh, catching the Blues on the hop, possibly. But it's uh, I, I, I feel that of, of all the weeks they've had, and, and with all the upheaval of last week and the coaching scenario, I, th- I think that uh, as I said earlier, could be a week that they might enjoy with the, with the build-up, knowing there's a there's a huge game at the end of the week. And that's that's what you want as a player. You do all the hard work, all your pre-season. You do it because you like being out on that pitch for the 80 minutes, the important 80 minutes of, of that week. And uh, the Dragons certainly can train this week knowing there's a big game coming. And they'll go into it, certainly backing themselves and uh, hoping to turn the neighbours over. And then just to finish on, uh, oh, I guess, a prediction, Andy, where uh, where do you where do you see this, uh, this the scoreline ending up next week? <laughs> As much as I just said that about the Dragons, and them, <laughs> them up, I'm, I'm going to have to plump for the Blues. I think that they, they're they not a million miles away from getting it right. There's just a couple of little things, and I think we saw against Saracens, that it's not far away, but it's that final little 2 or 3%, the little, little mistakes that, that have crept into the game. They've got the players. They can certainly uh, put out a very, very strong 23, which, which, is, a great, uh, which is a great sign. But I think that uh, if they they can play properly, I think that they can just about sneak home against the Dragons in a close run affair. 
Well, we've not, uh, yes, and do you know what, as a Dragons fan, I'd almost take that right now, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not long to go till, uh, till we find that out as well. Andy Moore, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the Attacking Scrum. Pleasure. thoughts there of Andy Moore and uh, yeah interesting one there Murph we we're talking about uh, Aaron Wainwright in that piece uh, mm. as we've mentioned him a few times in uh, in recent podcasts not just because of his because of his brilliant performances but because we've come across a few players who've shared a dressing room with his old man um, <laughs> have you oh it's not just me is it no it's not just you no it started oh. with uh, it started with um, Ben Pegner who uh, is a uh, yeah Rugby coach and played at Caerphilly in the in the nineties. Um, right. And uh, yeah, that's that's where this kind of uh, this kind of all started from. And he. Oh, I thought he, they, I thought they had the scoop on him. No, no, well, it, it depends. It depends what it depends what your story is, Murph. We're, we're, <laughs> we're all ears. Well, I, um, so Adrian was uh, a good, very good player in his own right. All the uh, representatives honours, uh, you know, kind of in the sixteens and under eighteens in schools or whatever else, and then uh, for, out of land of youth as well um he was probably the best player at the time he didn't go to cardiff youth cardiff, cardiff mm. youth's policy at the time was just to get all the best players in south wales in their team yeah and he refused but he he was he couldn't stay at land so he came actually came to the mighty the morgan Wanderers, obviously of course um because he was still high up the divisions at that stage and um he it was weird for me because i'm training with him and on occasion playing with him when he's been dropped basically he'd be playing with me <laughs> uh and he he would then go away to play for Wales in the twenty ones at Blindside and be up against Lawrence Delalio. Yeah. And 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 score the winning try in the match against England. So it was very weird for me because the Wanderers. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about the Wanderers, but that said, we had. I, I'd love to know what was going on because people like Adrian would get dropped from the first team and have to play with me. People like Sven Kronk. Do you know Sven Kronk? He ended up coaching Newport. Yeah. Well, he went to yeah, Newport yeah, later yeah. on and coached him. He would get dropped, and I got to play with him a few times as well in the, in the seconds. And I, I, I'd love to be able to go back and see who they were picking instead, because we didn't have, we didn't have player of that, of that quality to take their place. So anyway, um, I would get dropped from time to time and I'd play with them. And then, um, he, uh, Adrian went, he, he was too good for the Wanderers eventually, yeah. went to Newport. And indeed. at one stage he was, um, being touted as a possible for the Welsh squad. And then I remember, this is probably the bit that Adrian wouldn't want me to bring up. I remember yes, him playing against Colin Charvis down at uh, St. Helens and getting yeah. rings run wrong in by <laughs> Colin Jarvis. And then he didn't, obviously Colin Jarvis was the main man coming through into the Welsh squad at that stage. And Adrian, I think, just got a few injuries and mm. I think he retired early. But... um Though the Wanderers are in the championship playing Cardiff Met, and there's a boy on the pitch called Adam Wainwright, and I bump into his dad in the stand, and we're having a chat uh, about his son and my view, and I says, is he as good as his dad? He says, nowhere near. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> two years later, that's all wrong. Uh, and then um, I bumped, I, I was actually chatting to, I bumped into the tight head from Cardiff Met, uh, and I was chatting to him about Adam Wainwright, and he said, oh, he's, this is, Two seasons ago, and he says, "Oh, he's really good at." Uh, we think uh, Wales. And he's, I mean, it's unusual for a fresher to go straight into the yeah. my first team. And he said, "Oh, he's real quality. Uh, we think he might end up in the Wales under twenties team." <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, six months later, he's in the Dragons' first team. 
And uh, probably less than a year after that, he's in the Welsh squad. Well, so, um, yeah, we, we had a few, we had a few people mention it to me on, um, when we first started kind of talking about him and, and saying how well he'd been playing. And a few people direct message me and say that this, this kid is, is going to go the, he's going to go the whole way. And, you know, he's, he's taken to it like a duck to water, really, isn't he? Oh, yeah. It doesn't look, I mean, probably maybe a couple of times against South Africa. He looked slightly outgunned, but then, you know, South Africa, mm. there's some big boys in there. And, uh, but otherwise he's just been, uh, Dr. Water, just completely comfortable with international rugby every time he's been called upon. So it's Barmy. I mean, uh, this, he's in a re, I don't, he must be 20 now, is he, or 21? 21, I think. Is he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's in a very, spot tonight, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only because I don't know myself. Um, he's in a very select group of players, you know. If you go back, uh, we're talking George North at 19. He was an international yeah. and, uh, Samson Lee in recent times. There's not many who can cope with, I know he's not out and out first choice, but, uh, you know, he's in there. Um, uh, and funny enough, I bumped into his dad last week, uh, at Cardiff Met again. I, my daughter was playing hockey there. Mm. And his daughter was at, um, Athletics in the Nyack. Uh, and for fun, I just, cause he's, cause of who his boy is, I said, oh, don't, don't tell me you've got another, um, international athlete on your hands. And, uh, he said, um, my daughter's the second best pole vaulter in the country for her age. No way. <laughs> yeah. So the bad news is that he hasn't got any more sons. That's it. No, it feels, yeah, uh, just the one son and three, I think he's got three daughters. So I was going to say, if he was a, if he was a racehorse, we'd be putting him out to start. Exactly. Me, uh, yeah. A little bit but, like the Quinnells going back a few, a few yeah, years back. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, good, good to hear anyway. So yeah, I mm. think he's, he's going to need a big game if, uh, if he does play against the, against Cardiff Blues. But yeah, he's certainly, certainly one of my favourites to watch. Let's have mm. a, let's have a chat about the Ospreys, uh, Scarlets. Do you think the Ospreys will be fancying their chances here, Murph? Um, yeah, I get, I mean. Liberty? Oh, definitely. Yeah, they would anyway, but I mean, uh, Scarlet's form's not great. So, mm. uh, it, it, one of the more exciting, uh, Derby matches for a while because I mean last year no one fancied themselves against the Scarlets, um, but this year uh, they're there. For, well, they're not there for the taking, but they've got much better chance this year. Oh yeah, I think so. Is there um, any kind of players who've shone for you for 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 the Ospreys? Anyone you've kind of seen this year that's been a big, um, you know, that's making a big impact for them? Who are the key players that you you think have kind of shone? Uh, well, I suppose. Uh, um, not just for the Ospreys, but for Wales is Adam Beard. Mm. <laughs> I, I've noticed lately, actually, that second row, on a, going off on a tangent as I sometimes do, second rows are getting skinny again. Have you noticed how Brody Retallick has lost loads of weight? Yeah. And also Devin Toner. And today I was watching, um, I don't know, yesterday I was watching Toulouse against Wasps over there in France. And they had a couple of skinny second rows. Not so long ago, they were all, they all had to be 20 stone. Mm. There seems to be a bit of a shift. I know rugby union goes in cycles of different trends, and there seems to be a trend now that I don't know if it's because they're keeping their second rows on for a full eighty, or I don't know what. But they all seem to be getting more athletic again. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he definitely falls into that bracket. I mean, he's certainly Adam not. Beard, him, he's certainly mm. not lightweight, Adam Beard. You know, he is. No, he's like. But he is. Know, he is a. He is a. He's more of a. Uh, the old comparison would be. Ian Jones. Yes, I, I think he. Falls Ian Jones, into the Martin Johnson was the, the two types, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think he falls into the kind of the charterist mould. Um, mm. 
I think, you know, you, you see him on telly and you go, oh, he's a, he's a bean pole. And then you mm. see him in real life, you go, oh, he's a telegraph pole. You know, he's, he's, he's tall and thin, but he's, there is a, mm. there's a lot of bulk there. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I agree. I think he's been, um, he's been a, he's really kind of kicked on. I think when he first, you know, there was a, there was a lot kind of made about him and, you know, he's in and around Wales. That's right, yeah. squads. Um, and I think really ever since that, that tour to Argentina, he's exactly. kind of really kicked on say. and more, yeah. Yeah, the summer tour was a kind of a turning point for him, I think. Yeah, and, I, th- um, I think it was. As it was for a lot of players, I think. Um, mm. They kind of really had their opportunity to shine and, and grabbed it with both hands. <laughs> yeah. I think Dylan, uh, Dylan Lewis falls into that bracket as well, I would say. He was he was going to be my uh, on-the-plane Dylan Lewis. Oh, don't blow it. Well, we'll talk <laughs> about that in more detail. You, you didn't even need to it. say that. All I did was mention his name. You didn't need to say it. Oh, um, damn. Oh, well, anyway, well. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to that with, with bated breath. Who knows? Yeah, they can just pretend. They can pretend they didn't hear that bit. <laughs> I know. If I did any proper editing on this, I'd, uh, I'd edit that bit. <laughs> but I won't. Um, what about what about the Scarlets then? Who um, who do you think is kind of is going to need to step up, have a big game for them? Um, or you know, what what is their game plan going to be going into this? Are they just going to play like they always do, or do you think that there's going to be a need to to keep it a bit tighter against the Ospreys? Uh, well, weather conditions normally have an effect this yeah. time of year. Like, uh, yesterday's game between, uh, Blues and Saracens, we didn't get to see too much action behind because of the, it was absolutely lashing it down. It was. Um, and so depending what the weather's like, I mean, uh, they're definitely not, I mean, they're definitely struggling. They're not, they're definitely not the side they were, the Scarlets. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like, it would take much for him to get back to it, I don't think, anyway. Um, but it, it, normally, a tough derby game is not <laughs> not the time to find your form again. It's more of a gritty effort, you know what I mean? Yeah, it so, is. Um, but it's, it's often those ones where, you know, the old cliche, isn't it, the form that goes out the window and you can see. Because, you know, Osprey's in this corresponding fixture last year. Um Almost, almost got the result against uh, against the Scarlets. So he was, was it McLeod went over right at the right at the end of the mm. game to to win yeah. it. So you know it's it's and the Ospreys were by no means at, at their best this time last year. So uh, you know it could be one of those where it, it is a, a tight, turgid affair and and a, and a difficult one to call. Yeah, exactly. I I, I it would have been. A, a, Great game to see last year when Scarlets were at their best playing in the Ospreys, because mm. uh, I think they played they played the Christmas derby in uh, in uh, Parker Scarlets last Scarlet year. Was, I think, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it, it, well, it's it's a chance. I think it's a chance for Fletcher to turn their season round and um, Ospreys to continue their good development. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And if you're a betting man, Murph, which I know you are. Um, I think it's safe to assume that both sides will go into this, you know, as fully loaded as they can. Mm. What, uh, what's your prediction? I think, I think just because of the, I don't know how many current injuries this, they've got all fresh ones at the Scarlet, I go slightly towards an Osprey's narrow victory. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you could well be, uh, especially, well you know, be, uh, Alan Wynn's going to come back after a rest and, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, oh God, Alan Davis. Yeah, and so it, it, actually, uh, he, he's a player I've been I've been really impressed with how he's um, the form mm-hmm. he's kind of come into. Not just at uh, not just at the Ospreys, but also at, um, at Wales level as well. When he got the opportunity, oh, he scored that wonder try as well yeah. uh, against the Tongans. Um, 
Yeah, and again, um, we've got the same situation as our outside half choices. We've got really good choices. I mean, in fairness, we've always had really good choices at scrum half. Um, I think we got two of the best attacking scrum halves in Europe. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think only Conor Murray's better than either of them, I think, at the moment. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing in the English squad that bothers me. No, um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that for the best part of 10 years, actually. But, um, <laughs> and the Scottish guy's okay. I mean, obviously, uh, steady, uh, Greg Laidlaw and, um, yeah. my, my mate Tommy. Tommy Price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ali Price. So, I mean, we got, they're absolutely, they're both absolutely, uh, we're talking about Gareth Davis and, yeah, uh, and Thomas, Thomas Williams, obviously. Yeah. They're both absolutely bloody deadly. Um, so yeah, we're really well off. And Alan Davis is like the, uh, like, uh, the steady option of things, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. But obviously for, um, you know, for his club, I think he can, and particularly in a game, in a game like this, um, they're the kind of games that, um, you know, actually uh, go back to the, the dreaded box kick. I think, you know, he is, he is probably the, the best out of, out of the Welsh nines at pulling that yeah. box kick off. Um, yeah. You know, personally, Thomas Williams is my favourite out of the three, just because I think he's he's the most exciting out of those to watch. But again, you know, Gareth Davis when he when he has those when he has those breaks around the side of the scrum is is absolutely deadly as well. So yeah, it's a good position for Wales to be. But yeah, I, I can I can maybe see a narrow Ospreys uh, Ospreys win in this one. Mm, I think so. Right, last part of the show, and uh, yeah, this uh, any spoiler alerts will have will have been blown about five minutes ago. <laughs> this uh, this feature is called on the plane. So as the Rugby World Cup gets closer, we've teamed up with our mates at MSG Tours to find one player each week who's advanced their claims of getting into Gatland's Rugby World Club, ah, Rugby World Cup squad, and booking their seat on the trip to Japan. So uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing that uh, that Dylan Lewis has impressed you then. How did you know? Uh, yeah, Dylan Lewis, uh, I, I think I probably, no, I haven't been on the pod of I, but I've hyped up, I've hyped up on Twitter about mm. Dylan Lewis because he, obviously, uh, a lot like, um, Adam Beard and, uh, other players you mentioned, they came on leaps and bounds in the summer tour, but also this season, uh, I can't remember which game it was now, but he did like three turnovers and a half, uh, in Europe. Can't remember what game that was. Anyway, uh, and his, his scrummaging, although probably not the best scrummager we've got, just means, it, and, it, and it, the, the way he gets around the pitch just means he's so different from the two frontline guys, uh, Tom Francis and Samson Lee. Yeah. Such a point of difference that we, I don't think we can afford not to have someone like that in, in the squad because otherwise you're just looking for more of the same, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I know, I, yeah no, it does make perfect sense. And I mm. think, you know, I, yeah, you've just got to base it on on when he's been given the opportunity, and I think particularly that um, that summer tour he, he went very very well. He's proven, mm. you know, he he does add something different off the bench as well. You know, mm. that, those turnovers are, are really really impressive for mm. um, for a prop. You know, they're almost again. I don't know to what extent he's he's picked these things up from Gethin Jenkins, but it's pretty reminiscent of of yeah. how good over the ball Gethin was, and yeah. you know, obviously it's. Actually, very, reminds very, me yeah, of Ellis yeah. Jenkins over the ball because he, he oh, yeah, he's got that really low that. squat. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Uh, whereas Gethin was just kind of pure uh, strength. Like, yeah. Uh, straight, straight legged. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Straight legged and just r- rush around. But, uh, Dylan's actually, you know, his, his bum's almost on the floor. He's yeah. squatting on so low. And, um, that, that's what, what caught my eye. Um, 
Uh, and it, it, uh, this goes back to, if you'd remember, there was this uh, thing going on on Twitter where you picked your best player uh, ever and the mm. best, current best player. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I picked um, Tyke Furlong. And the, the reason I picked Tyke Furlong is because it, it goes back to something... Uh, Ali Williams, the old, um, all black uh, second row, all black second row said about Brody Retallick when he, when he burst on the scene, he said, Bro- Brody Retallick is so good. He's revolutionizing his position. Yeah. He's changing the way people expect second row to play. And I also think, <clears throat> I honestly think Ty Furlong's done that in the last few seasons because if you yeah, look yeah, at who yeah. the, if you look at who the two best tight ends were in this part of the world for the last 10 years, it would be Adam Jones and, and, uh, Dan Core. Mm. Adam Jones obviously was, a great scrummager, but no one expected too much of him <coughs> around the field. <coughs> Dan Cole was similar, but probably did more skillful ball killing than uh, Adam Jones did, and you know probably a bit more you know, of a carrier as well. Yeah. Uh, but neither anything, and, and these were the two best we had. You know, out and out first, first on the first tight ends on the name on the team sheet for the Lions and everything. None of them had anything that, um, neither of them had anything that, uh, Tyke Furlong brings. It, there was a gif going around in the summer of the, um, Irish tour to Australia yeah. where he smashed Pocock clean off his feet yeah, when he was yeah, over yeah. the ball. And I mean, in, in the, in the autumn international just gone, half our team couldn't shift him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. He's... Uh, and then, and then there was another thing where he, he, he's not just making defensive reads, he's making attacking reads. Uh, uh, the uh, Australians are defended and overloaded, overloaded one side of the ruck. He went the other side himself and scored. He read it like an outside half, basically. Uh, he's just, honestly, he's just raised the bar. <clears throat> I know we're talking about Dylan Lewis and I've suddenly gone off on the time. Tyke <laughs> Furlong ranks. So Tyke Furlong is this week's on the plane winner. <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> well, on the, he's, on the pl- he's, I tell you, he's already on the plane. On the plane. Island, he? yeah. He's already on the plane for the Lions as well. Yeah, no, as long as he stays right. fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, honestly, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I think he's probably the best forward in the world, full stop. But yeah, look, yeah, exactly that. But to bring it back to the, bring it back to the Wales point, that is what, you know, that's what Dylan Lewis offers different to, exactly to, uh, exactly. to Francis and, uh, yeah. to Francis and Samson. He's, he's the new breed. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. And, mm. and there's going to be a, there's going to be a requirement for, uh, for, yeah, more and more, um, Titus to be a, you know, it's going to be a prerequisite, I think, to be that kind of, that kind of a player. So, mm. yeah, but a, a fine choice nonetheless, if, if an unsurprising one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Dylan Lewis is this week's on the plane winner. And if you're thinking about going to Japan, then make sure you look at our pinned tweet, uh, on Twitter, obviously, and click the link. All the details are on there for how you can get involved and, um, uh, and so, yeah, a link through to, uh, through to our page, um, with MSG Tours, and even for just inquiring, you could win tickets to Wales's game against England in August. Uh, so yeah, all the all the details are on our pinned tweet at Attacking Scrum. Um, and yeah, just time then, Murph. Last thing to finish on: week to forget. Who uh, who do you think has had a week to forget this week? Which player, referee, coach, individual will have had a week uh, to forget? Um, good question. Is this a new feature that I've missed? Yeah, it is. It's, it's tucked oh, away. It's oh, tucked you away. are. It's you've... tucked away at the end of the pods. But um... just because I mentioned Dylan Lewis too early, you've mugged me with it. <laughs> you've mugged me this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've chucked you. I've chucked you a nice hospital pass there. Uh, well, um, uh, probably just because I've been watching it this afternoon is um, well, you could pick any individual, but Leicester in general, the rugby yeah. club. Yeah, um, they, they were. I haven't. I haven't seen the whole game. I've just seen the highlights. But it just, just getting bon- bonus pointed at home in Europe. It just seems so weird. 
I know it was not that weird now, but a few years ago, ago it was unthinkable. You, you, well, you couldn't imagine it happening, you, you know. Uh, and I, you, you can't really, a little bit like the dragons, you can't really see one clear solution to their problem kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's strange to see. And, you know, mm. it's one of those, it's one of those things as well. Like whenever anyone was playing Leicester at home, I'd want the oppo to win. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. you get into that habit. It's going, God, whoever it is, you know, can they go and, can they go and turn them over? But mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Cause you, you do kind of want it, just watching them get getting battered like that is a, is a real strange thing. So yeah, I think that's a, yeah. that's a pretty damn good choice actually, to be fair. Um, Thank you. Right, Murph, it's been brilliant to chat to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening as well. And, of course, uh, yeah, big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Make sure you check them out at socoffeetrades.co.uk. And give us a follow on whatever your social media of choice is, be that Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Attacking Scrum. Uh, like our Facebook page and join our Facebook group as well, which is absolutely buzzing on there to the point where I don't even need to post on it anymore, which is a good thing for all concerned. So yeah, make sure you join and join all of those things. Of course, we'll have plenty more rugby to chat about over the next few weeks. And the last thing I always mention, kind of leave a review. Um, and I've had a couple of bad reviews on there recently, which is fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but come on, if you like this podcast, get on there and give us a, give us a good review. And, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can, sure we can sort you out with, uh, with a bit more than a, than a shout out. We'll, uh, we'll get something, uh, we'll get something sorted out for you. So, uh, yeah, do, uh, do leave us a review because it just helps us out. It makes it easier for people to find it in the, complicated world of itunes algorithms <laughs> getting getting a good review can uh, can help and we've had plenty of those in the past as well so big thanks to everyone who's, who's listened over the years and if you do enjoy it just do that small thing and drop us a review thank you very much for listening murph been great to chat to you we'll be back to chat Cheers, with you very very soon Podcast Network.